welcome to another episode of In Another World, a pop culture podcast. I'm your host, Zachary Landold, and I am thrilled to welcome you to another edition of TV Tuesdays, where we are continuing our journey through the NBC musical series Smash. And today I am joined, of course, by Joey Moser, who has become just a regular on our Smash recaps. But we had such a fun time going into episode 10, Understudy, which almost sees the arrival. Well, it does technically see the arrival of Uma Thurman, but it's at the very end. So they they make us edge through one more week, but that's okay. But we had so much fun talking about the episode, and I cannot wait for you all to get into all of that with us. But first... I want to give a special announcement of a new segment that'll be on the show every single week on Mondays. It'll be called Messy Mondays, and I'm not going to be doing this alone. I am joined by a special co-host who has been on the show a couple of times. We've had a ton of fun, and he will be joining me for this entire journey and see how you all enjoy it, and it is Tom Cornell, that's right, Mr. Bop and Slap himself, and every Monday we will just be getting together to, I don't know, kiki about pop culture, talk about whatever, like shoot the shit for an hour, it's going to be a ton of fun, it's going to be us probably acting a fool, but hopefully you all um, expect that at this point and have fun listening to it. And we are so excited to get started on this collaboration, we've already had discussions about what our format's going to be and everything, so I am very, 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 very excited. And so that'll be starting next Monday. Um, It's kind of like we're just in time for Pride Month, which is sort of great. So that will be starting again on Mondays, but you will still get your TV Tuesdays and your film Fridays. Eventually, I might decide to axe one of the one of the two and maybe do a blending but for now it'll be all three segments so even more content headed your way but with all that being said let's dive into our smash recap but before the episode starts let's do the thing we always do which is listen to the original promo for this week's episode which is episode 10 understudy everything they need to create a smash hit is about to happen I have everything on the line. So do I! Prepare. What am I supposed to do, quit? Would you? For the arrival... What are you doing here? ...of a movie star. Am I in the right place? Uma Thurman guest stars on a new smash. Hello and welcome to another edition of TV Tuesdays as we continue our journey through the series Smash. And of course, I have Joey Moser with me, who is just becoming uh, my little sidekick for these <laughs> unintentional. Hi. Feels like now you can't get rid of me. So it's sort of like. Yeah, you got that wine with you. So you're having a great time. Yeah. And you're here to discuss episode 10, The Understudy. We even get a, a glimpse. Of Uma Thurman in this one. We get a, a little Finally. taste. That was the, the subtitle, Smash, a little bit of Uma Thurman. <laughs> well, but in the promo for this episode, they very much make it seem like she's in the episode. Oh. Which I think is rude. A bait and switch. A bait and switch, if you will. Yeah, and this one, this is... Somehow this episode was not, like, quite as boring as last week. Like, I was a little more interested in this week. But it was still just like, can we, like, 
get move along like did we did this need to be here did we need also there i mean i have so many things to get into but like the whole plot line with them going to see productions of their first musical they ever wrote i was like i don't like need this no one needs it no one needs this also the timeline of that didn't make sense to me um i had a i had a lot of questions about that because like they've only been writing music together for 10 years yeah we'll get we'll get into it i've well yeah we have a lot of things to get into this oddly is a very like uh dense plot uh plotted plotted is that a word plotted I I haven't had coffee today. I think I'm gonna be a little goofy. Yeah. I had too much coffee and now I'm on wine, so I'm just I'm just drinking for the both of them. Okay, good. Uh, but how have you been since last week? How much has happened in your life? <laughs> so much. No, nothing. Um nothing. Other than mayor of Easttown. Other than mayor of Easttown. Mayor. Dorder. Dorder, Warder, Dorder, You should go. You should go to California. You should go. My vape. Yeah, <laughs> yeah if anyone hasn't seen Mary Vee Sound, it's just Kate Winslet vaping. She's <laughs> vaping and going to therapy. <laughs> She's, uh, you know, she had a vape consultant, I'm sure. Uh, well, I heard people were like blown away because she wouldn't vape in between takes, but she would go right back <laughs> to vaping when they were filming. <laughs> yeah. Like all the other people were like afraid to like stop vaping because they were like, "Will I vape all the time?" <laughs> I hate you so much. <laughs> oh god, <sighs> I just love a I love a show with a crazy accent, and so when I found out there was gonna be like weird accent stuff, I was like even more into that because I, I actually didn't even hear a whisper of Mayor of Easttown until like a few weeks before it came out somehow. Really? Yeah, uh, like, I had not heard anything about it. I had heard about it because we had gotten like a splashy press release about it. Then it was like when they released like the first uh, set photos, it was just a bunch of photos of Kate Winslet sitting in different kinds of cars. <laughs> yeah. um, so that's when that happened. It was like, it's debuting in two weeks. And it was like, oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, but this is not about Mary V's Town, but you should listen to it, listeners. It's, it's very good. Go watch it. If you love a good murder mystery. Murder, murder. And, and Kate Winslet. Also, what I just love is like Kate Winslet, for whatever reason, you would think that she's given us enough that people would stop like second guessing her talent as an actress. But I feel mm-hmm. like after this show, people are like, wow, she still got it. I'm like, well, she never didn't have it. <laughs> like, you just didn't see all the other stuff that she has done. Yeah. Like, I mean, I. I can't really, off the top of my head, think of a movie where I just thought, like, ugh, Kate Winslet in that movie. Really not good. I know a lot of people were just like, she's bad in Wonder Wheel. And I was like, she's not bad. I at- don't agree. She's yeah. actually she's actually good in Wonder Wheel. They're, everything around her is bad. <laughs> the Justin <laughs> Timberlake of it all was bad. Exactly. I mean, I mean, Woody Allen has, you know, I mean, Woody Allen, Woody is Woody. But also... Woody is Woody. Woody. <laughs> But um, someone said yesterday, they were like, why is it, why in criticizing Wonder World is no one being like, oh, the foresight to not cast Justin Timberlake with this dude? I just, I just like, I, what world is like Woody Allen? Like, I really like that Justin Timberlake. Like, you know, like, why, why was Justin Timberlake called? 
Can you do the rest of this podcast in your Woody Allen voice? Absolutely not. Can you do just a little bit of it? I'm just begging to be canceled. (laughs) (laughs) Really, like, it's like a really bizarre thing, like, of all people, Justin Timberlake. Um, But I'm not going to ramble about Wonder Real because it's not even worth rambling about. But basically, like, Kate Winslet, I just, I hope that after Mayor of Easttown, we can finally go, oh, I guess we can accept the fact that she's good. Good for good for all of us. And get it and get that girl on a movie musical. Uh, God. Do it. Please. Do it. Please. Do it. Do it. I'm not in charge of it. Oh, Zach. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, do you want to dive into episode 10 understudy? <laughs> sure. Okay. Deal with me, audience, because like I said, this episode is both not that interesting, but a lot happens. So it's my outline, it has so much fucking plot because there is a lot of plot. Okay. The episode opens and we see the cast and crew of Bombshell, the newly titled Marilyn Monroe musical, waiting for the newly cast movie star Rebecca Duvall to arrive for rehearsal, but they'll be waiting a long time because it turns out she's stuck in Cuba with Sean Penn. This, okay, this next part. Uh, Not again. Not again. Oh my god. And then we see this, like, freaking out the the wealthy investors that Eileen's friends with. Like, the whole thing with the investors, this whole episode, they're just like, if we don't see that movie star by tomorrow, we're taking our money out of here. I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with you people? Yeah. Yeah. Really oh, God. It was, that was, really... <laughs> it just made me, it could just, it hurt me because I could, like, this is such a TV plot line. This is not how the world works. Like, this is like truly like bonkers. Also, it was just sort of like, um, I thought that was a way of them also introducing, like, it's New York! Because they had, like, actual... The city that never sleeps. The city that never <laughs> sleeps. And I'm not gonna sleep on this musical if I don't see Rebecca. We're not giving you $7 million if you that movie's not in here. Like, if you're gonna have these people who are actual, uh, which I didn't know for a very long time, were actual, like, Broadway... Oh, I didn't know that. I did not know that. Like, the woman, the woman that we always see who I hated every single time, she... she oh, she's won- a cunt. On this she's a- <laughs> not to use a harsh word, but I was like, God, I don't like that woman. She's like, I still need to talk to her privately. I'm, I'm like, still getting a private meeting with her and a session with the director. I'm like, bitch! Okay. She, she won a Tony for Avenue Q. She produced Avenue <laughs> Alright. But I feel like if you're gonna go that far and have... Like, you know, the details of these, like, you know, gruff New York people. Just get Fran Lebowitz to do it. Just have her play everyone. (laughs) I don't like musicals, but I do like Marilyn Monroe, so I'm going to give you $7 million. (laughs) I'm a lesbian. (laughs) Oh, man. What do you mean she's stuck in Cuba? Can't she just walk? I walk everywhere. Oh, man. Well, we then see, in an effort to keep things moving and to not lose any more rehearsal time, Derek makes Karen, everyone's favorite hot dog cooking girl from Iowa, the understudy (laughs) of the week. We then see Derek break the news to Ivy, who's taken up a new hobby of defacing magazine covers of Rebecca Duvall, which are very artfully done, I must say myself. And over at Deb's office and the plotline that no one cares about, we officially find out that he has lost out on his promotion and has yet to tell Karen. RJ, his very thirsty co-worker, says that she might be able to get him a job in D.C., but he worries about asking Karen to potentially move. 
We also then get a dream musical number of Ivy dressing up as Marilyn to surprise the cast and crew of Bombshell while singing Breakaway by Kelly Clarkson. We must pause to talk about this because the way they shoot her, okay, the way they sometimes shoot Ivy in this number makes it very like single white female ish or like very like fatal attraction vibes. Just like her menacingly, like watching from across the street, half covered by a car. Like, it's... <laughs> like she's peeking out from behind, like a moving truck. And I'm not like, going to be ignored, Derek. They're not. <laughs> they're not even, I'm not going to be ignored, Derek. It's it's just, and they're not even doing anything. They're literally just standing outside. They're literally just like they're like oh, like break. Christian Borrell's doing some some something. He's doing some like. He was like, like I'm tipping my top hat. I know. <laughs> like that's how you know he's theatrical. And he's gay. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, Christian Borg gives a very believable performance as a homosexual in this show. Uh, we, I feel like we say that all the time. I feel like we're saying that as to um, applaud that. I mean, start I'm not applauding it. I'm just saying, like at the time, I was like, yeah. I don't. I, don't I thought he was gay. I actually thought oh, he I did. Was... Yeah, yeah, I still think he might be a little gay. Just a little, a little bit. Can't yeah. be that gay. He 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 can't be that gay. He left Sutton Foster, so oh, that's true. But he left her for Laura Bobundi. That's like that means he's a trashy gay. <laughs> yeah, well, I'd say he wasn't trashy. <laughs> <laughs> but we're like we're just talking baseline gay here. That's... Oh man. Well, then we cut back to reality where Karen is busy driving Derek crazy in rehearsal as she forgets her blocking and to bring a pencil. Ugh. We see the ensemble take bets on how long it'll take before he fires her. And <laughs> as if this isn't enough commotion in the rehearsal room, we also see Tom and Julia get interviewed by an NYU student about the anniversary of their first show. Turns out they go and see a horrible production of it every year as celebration. <laughs> Oh God! Okay, so this oh. I officially need to get into. Um, this timeline-wise makes no sense to me because we're supposed to believe that this musical, their first musical, was ten years ago. So you're telling me in ten years they wrote this show, they did Heaven on Earth, they became one of the most popular. Like, they make them like they're one of the hottest writing duos in town. Yeah, like, like ooh, Levitt in Houston. Like you don't. Oh, also, when when they're doing Breakaway, I notice mm-hmm. a little thing I I had never seen before. When when Ivy is walking past the Heaven on Earth uh, theater, mm-hmm. Eileen Rand produced that musical as well. Her name's at the top of it. Yeah, yeah. Is that a continuity thing then? I don't know because I don't remember them ever saying that she produced Heaven on Earth. I guess they established that she already knew them, so I guess it doesn't not make sense. But they also only put Eileen's name on the poster, not her husband's name. And I feel like they were still married at that time, so it feels weird. I thought they were, they made like a big deal about this being her first big musical. Exactly. That's what I mean. It doesn't make any sense to me. Maybe it was like something that. Well, it was a dream sequence. You can do it. It's fine. In my dream, Eileen produced it, so I would get the lead. <laughs> I don't know. It's just not fair. It's not fair. Why can't I be the star? This was a very unfortunate episode for Megan Hilty, who I just feel like is just walking around and doing doing a thing that is a big thing in the theater, which is playing nice uh, around the right people to try to, you know, get something you want. That is, that is very theater. 
You saying that theater people are manipulative? Oh, what? am I saying they're fake? No, uh, I would never. What? I would never say that. We then follow Karen home, who vents about her day to Dev, which leads into our first clip of the episode. He's like screaming at me because for one second I forgot my stupid pencil. You think he could fire me? No. Next time. Don't forget your pencil. Well, that was helpful. Yeah, well, you don't like the guy. You never did. Why should I? He sexually harassed me the first day I met him. What? He what? Oh. Oh. Oh, what? Oh, I didn't tell you that part. It wasn't a big deal. Well, being sexually harassed now is officially not a big deal. I handled it. He made a pass and I handled it. Why are you yelling at me? Well, I'm not yelling at you. It feels like you're yelling at well, me. If I am yelling at you, I'd have a right to, maybe, because you lied to me. I didn't lie to you. You did. Well, because you'd be upset, which you are. Upset because you're being sexually harassed and putting up with it? Damn right well, I am. I, uh, I got yelled all day. I'm not going to just sit here and get yelled at again. I have to be rested so I can get yelled at again tomorrow. Oh, what, you're just going back there. Yeah, I'm going back there. Are you insane? Karen! Yell at somebody else, Dev. Yell at someone else, Dev. Okay, I I will never forgive this. Um, when they just have her just casually go like, yeah, like, sexually harassed me on the first day. And then, like, he's like, what? And she's like, oops. <laughs> like, come on. Like, there's, I, there's no one, no one on Earth would do this. I'm sorry. Except maybe Karen. Well, it's her big break. That's how the business works. I wish, like, after he was like, what? She just, like, was shoving a hot dog in her mouth. Like, mm. <laughs> I have to say now, anytime that I watch the show, <laughs> I can't not think of us using Karen's maybe real voice, maybe her Marilyn Monroe voice, and us talking about corn on the cob. Corn on the cob. <laughs> <laughs> Like later in the episode where she uses her Maryland voice, I was like, "Oh my god!" Oh, when she uses the Maryland voice, uh, it's not one of the clips I pulled, but like I was just like, "Is this Maryland to her?" Like, it's not exactly helping. There's something Joe would say, and she wants to make a family. I'm trying to make this, and he's treating it like Maryland. That's not very nice. I set the table with hot dogs and corn. I made hot dogs and corn. Corn the camp. <laughs> I hope your devoted listeners um, are at least somewhat tolerant of us laughing over hot dogs and corn because... You know, listen, if they don't laugh at hot dogs and corn cob, I'll tell you. Oh my gosh. That that moment was was just like, is that... That's what you think Marilyn Monroe sounds like? It's like every... I mean, well, Catherine McPhee is not, like, an actress. (laughs) She she is a performer that knows how to say lines and sometimes have good moments, but I don't think she's like good actress. Um, and she's definitely I not watched... Marilyn Monroe, as we've discussed. Uh, no Marilyn points for that of... thing. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, no Marilyn points for her performing as Marilyn. No Marilyn points. <laughs> well, what did you think about this fight she was having with Dev? Are you more on her side or Dev's side? Um, I'm actually a little surprised that she is so uh, uh, flippant is the right word, but she's so automatically defensive. Of, of, uh, why are you yelling at me? It feels like I'm yelling. I'm not gonna get yelled at. Go yell at someone else, Dev. Like I get that he should, because he's saying like I 
I lean more, not with like his ex- extremity of how he's yelling at her, but I would, I mean, if I found out that my partner had been like sexually harassed by the director of the show they were still working on, and like, my what? partner just not told me, like, yeah, I would be, but I wouldn't be like, I don't know, I don't, like, would I be upset at them or would be, I don't know, it, it would, I would definitely probably be like angry though. Not is like this, this, but like I feel like this is almost like border. <laughs> he doesn't. He doesn't blame her. He's not like victim shaming her, but it's not not victim shaming. No, her. she's also like, I'm not mad at you, but maybe I should be though. And I'm like, wait, so yes, so you are. No, so you are. I mean, it's it is. I would just. I guess I would feel it was weird that she had not told him. You know, like it, it is. It's it. I don't know. And also. also didn't talk about it, but decided to bring it up in the most casual of transitions. Yeah, yeah he's been jerks at the beginning when he sexually harassed me. Ugh, but anyway, where are the hot dog buns? <laughs> I just imagine their cabinets are just full of hot dog buns. Oh, that's all it. I imagine their fridge is just full of Oscar Mayer wieners, and the cabinets are full of like, there's canned corn if they're not feeling corn on the cob. <laughs> Let's go crazy. Let's have canned corn. I like canned corn. It's already off the cup. <laughs> I'm just it in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> okay, no, say the, the phrase cup. "off the cob." Off the cup. All right. Wow. Okay, that's how mature I am. I'm a very mature thirty-four-year-old. Um, <laughs> yeah, I just I'm like. I'm on their, both of their sides in a way. It's like, I get her being like, dude, what the fuck? I dealt with it. Like, leave it alone. But I guess I, you know, but if your partner, also, if you love your partner, you don't like the idea of them being sexually harassed. And then, like, I guess maybe, I think what maybe he's probably more upset about is that it looks like she's kind of compromising her dignity and values to get this like to stay in the show like maybe that's what he's upset about i don't understand this world everyone's a whore i don't understand your world's not the bad as mine and i'm a lawyer or whatever i am i keep forgetting what he is like is he a lawyer is he like a is (laughs) is he is he a a press a press representative yeah i'm so confused um it's a trans sponsor because then like rj is like i can get you a job in the white house like the white house what are you talking about? <sighs> well, moving right along, we then meet up with Eileen, who sits down with her anxious investors who are making her life hell. Oh, she goes to drink sad. off her day at the bushwhack later that night and gets <laughs> comforted by the hot bartender, who lets her know that he might have some connections to bring in a new produ- or a new investor, not producer, investor, investor. Namely, a washed up but very wealthy rocker played by veteran... Uh, of the theater, Terrence Mann, who I have to say, I have a connection to Terrence Mann. Uh, he was the, um, I don't know what the official title was, but like, I basically the associate director of the musical theater program when I was in college. And yeah. he was kind of pompous, I'm just gonna say. Like, I wasn't like thrilled to see him in the show. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, he like, he gave this like whole conference once where uh, he made it seem like it was going to be him talking about the theater and tips on, you know, how to craft a successful career in the theater, blah, blah, blah. It was literally just him talking about his his resume for like an hour. Like, oh. yeah, I did Cats. Uh, that was pretty fun. It was lots of dance. Uh, 
Gets. I did Les Mis. It was good. Uh, it was fun. And all I remember, all I remember, I'll never forget this moment because I was like, thank God I was in the back row because I got there late. So like, oh, I'll just slip in the back and no one's going to see me. This, this, These two kids uh, were like, I have a question, Mr. Man. I have a question. I'm like, yeah, what do you want? <laughs> like, um, have you ever, would you ever go see like a high school production of a show that you did on Broadway? And he just went, no. <laughs> Why would I do that? And they're like, oh, well, like our high school actually did a really good production of Beauty and the Beast. And then he was like, okay. <laughs> it was just, like, and their souls were just like crushed. crushed. I was like, that's the only thing I ever liked him for. Um, <laughs> anyway, At Derek's, Ivy encourages him to be softer with Karen, reminding him that the only directors that were successful with the actual Marilyn Monroe were the ones who, quote, babied her, which I don't love that way of wording it from uh, Miss Ivy, but you know, she's also not like entirely wrong either, though. It's kind of like. I love Mailer Monroe, but there are times where I'm like, I mean, she did not respond to an angry male voice for many reasons that we now know. So, uh, you know, because like, like the directors that would like clap back at her, she would just be like, I'll be in my dressing room for five hours then. <laughs> be like, okay, well, that didn't work. <laughs> I mean, um, to be fair, like, no one should really respond to, <laughs> no, generally should not be responsive to someone who just, tells you you're a fucking piece of shit and uh why are you late <laughs> why are you, why are you late oh, i'm so sorry i'm sorry i wasn't trusting you in this putting on makeup <laughs> i was having a hot dog for lunch and they told me i didn't have any corn in the cow <laughs> i can't eat just a hot dog i'm a lady i'm a lady <laughs> i hate you so much Whatever. Uh, the next day at rehearsal, we see Tom and the male ensemble rehearse the new Daryl Zanuck number, Don't Say Yes, Until I Finish Talking. Uh, which, I mean, I'm grateful for a musical number in this show that is reportedly about Broadway. Uh, how do you I like think this, this is number? actually... I like this number. Um, I think this might actually be the first uh, bombshell number that you and I have seen even though I feel like I've been on your podcast 87 times. Yeah. I feel like is uh, the first one that I've seen a bombshell like we saw last week, Heaven on Earth. But um, the number itself, I like to think of two things. I remember when I was in high school and I was in a production of Grease. Ooh, who were you? Um, I was the Teen Angel. Oh, you were the Teen Angel? Oh, mm-hmm. I was the I have a scene. Oh, they have a, I remember they lowered me from a cloud from the proscenium. Um, they and had by, a wire on you? No. Um, you mean, <laughs> it was basically like a swing with a plywood cloud tied oh to the front. Just wrap your arms around it. It'll be fine. Oh um, no safety net or anything like that. I, I will, like that. They were... Um, Everybody likes a musical number where it shows men dancing. Like, it's it's all guys and it's dancing. It's like, ooh. But also, I sort of like to think that uh, Christian Borle was bugging the producers of the show. Be like, so I think I I should say. I I think I should say. I should say. I think I should know all the choreography and stuff. (laughs) All the choreography. Like, basically, uh, Christian Wig. Like, don't make me sing, but, like, Christian Borle. Right. Well, it's like... um... This the show needs numbers like this because you can't ask 
this actress to be in every single fucking number of this show. Like, other than like Lexington and, and 50 Second Street, it's like the only number that she's like not in so far in this damn show. So I do like that it's at least yeah. like this feels more like a real Broadway musical to me. I'm like, oh yeah, this would this would exist. Like give her a second to go, someone ah, ah, give me a hot dog. You know, like you know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm done. I'm not gonna say hot dog again. I promise. Yeah, well, fuck you. You totally are. Light, light promise, light promise. <laughs> um uh, after the number we see john the hot boring republican lawyer surprise tom with coffee but instead he stumbles upon the budding chemistry between tom and sam the dancer and leaves disappointed that night we see ivy attempting to play nice to get back into the show showing up for drinks with the bombshell cast and replacing karen's sunglasses that currently live in ivy's trash can uh this was so um like I've seen interactions like this where like oh yeah like I was like this is real this is a documentary this is <laughs> <laughs> this has gone into like hyper realism oh, if you ask me. <laughs> this is gorilla style you. film like <laughs> oh my god it's like Werner Herzog comes in with a camera she's like so we are going to go towards the actresses <laughs> they're being very nice to each other but there's lots of subtext but there's lots of things happening <laughs> I'm not she sure if that's really like her. Like her. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't really like her, but she's pretending she does. She's pretending she does. There's so Isn't much that interesting. <laughs> is. is that how he talks? I'm not sure. That's uh, I'm doing it. I don't know. I know how to talk. Can you uh, imagine Werner Hurt songs? <laughs> Smash. Actually, he'd be a perfect director for Rand, the musical. Rand. Rand. <laughs> <Rand>. <laughs> Oh man. God, I hate it. I, I hate it. <laughs> what I just love though, my favorite part of that scene is, and they're not even saying like almost anything in the scene. It's just watching Bobby and Jessica watch the interaction like, happen. Like they're just uh, like, I'm like, that's me. Just being like, what is going on right now? That might be the most realistic part of it. Like we know the conversation is real, but there's like, t- like a bitchy homosexual and like a nondescript girl who is good at dancing. She, um, that is like the dynamic that you see on any stage in any theater across the country, Broadway or um, wherever they see three on a mat. Yeah, when Karen or when, no, when Ivy walks in, I, there's a moment where they look at her like, oh my God. Oh my God, what's she about to do? She's gonna hit her, hit her. <laughs> in the city that never sleeps who knew that these two would run into each other again oh man we then cut to a sad high school somewhere in new england <laughs> am i wrong no am i wrong no this was like i love how in shows they always portray like high school theater as just uh Awful. Awful. Yeah, which, I mean, a lot of times it is. I feel like I was lucky to go to an actual, well, I feel like every theater kid says this, but, like, yeah. I feel like I went to a, a actually a really good program that I was, like, proud to be in. But uh, but this show, looks, first of all, the show, like, the actual show itself just looks very bad. Like, it, it does not. I feel like, I feel like your um, listeners should um, tell us what they think Three on a Match is about because i don't know i couldn't tell you well because it was like so they're in france 
And <laughs> there's I a see war soldier. happening. I see war. Yeah, I see war. Um, she said, "Do you someone say warrior?" <laughs> I see warriors. Uh, oh wait, three on a match was a movie. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. Um, they do love an adaptation. Oh yeah. What wow. heaven on earth is? What am I supposed to be real thing? Okay. Um, oh, but yeah. So we see Tom and Julia go to see a production of their first show from ten years ago. Remember, they're like, "Ugh, the biggest piece of crap we ever wrote." I'm like, it was only ten years ago. <laughs> How much growth did you really have? <laughs> like, this was not that long ago. Um, but after it's finished, Julia walks out while Tom attempts to give a touching speech to her and present her with a gift from the cast. He then confronts her outside as we head into our second clip. What is the matter with you? These people are nice, really nice, and you hurt their feelings. I didn't mean to. It was just really moving, and I was overwhelmed, and I needed a moment to be alone. You weren't just rude to these nice people, you were rude to me. If you don't want to do these anniversaries anymore, just say so. Don't act like you're above I'm not. this, or me, or us. I don't. Just say it. Say what is bothering you. Frank found out. And he left me. Frank found out and he left me. Left, left you? Come on, left you? He's gone. I've left him a hundred messages. He won't pick up. He won't call me back. <sighs> he talks to Leo. How was Leo? He's managing somehow. He's so nice to me and I ruin everything. Is he? He sees Frank. I, he told me he sees him. But Frank won't talk to me. I am sorry. I am so sorry. I wrecked her in a first place. Stop. 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 Why didn't you tell me? that if I never told you, maybe it wasn't real. Now it's real. <laughs> um, yeah. I think maybe a more realistic line was like, why didn't you tell me? She's like, I just want to ruin this crappy show. <laughs> or just like, I also wanted it to be like, this. Is, I'm just such an asshole. They're just like, um, like I just, like Frank found out and everything's fine. <laughs> like, fine. Like I just well, I just don't believe that her character would not have talked to Tom about it. Like Yeah. Who else does she have? She doesn't seem like she can like sit on information. You know what I mean? Like this doesn't seem like <laughs> her style. So when she's like, I just didn't want to tell you, I'm like, well, it's like literally here he knew you were having it if anything he'd be like the person to talk to because he's someone who's not in her family that already knew mm-hmm. about the affair so it's not like she had to be like i have something to tell you he's like yeah the affair like what about it I'm like mm-hmm. <laughs> it doesn't make quite also she's like, she's like leo's so nice to me i'm like is he at one point he's in this episode yeah there's someone a point she makes him a sandwich this episode and she's like so how is like mom it's a grilled cheese Oh my god, what a dick. Oh my god, a grilled cheese, that's way too advanced. Oh my god, how do you do that? It's a square. 
How do you eat the cheese so hot inside the bread? <laughs> oh my god. Um, yeah. um, I will say that the movie Three on a Match, the trivia oh. of like 1932, does not say anything about Smash, much to my dismay. <laughs> but it does have a piece of trivia that says the title refers to a now extinct one time superstition that if three people were to light their cigarettes from the same match, the third person to do so would meet with misfortune. Also, once attributed to World War One, when it was sometimes thought that lighting a match long enough to light three cigarettes would attract enemy gunfire. What? It later emerged that a match company had created the superstition to cut down on the sharing of matches and thus increase sales. That's insane. Yeah. I Again, guess they were... I guess- I just love if they got that produced on Broadway. That was in that was the elevator pitch. It's like, do you ever light a cigarette for three people for one match? And they're like, what? I'm here. I'm at my floor. Oh my god! What uh, actually, didn't they say the show didn't run that long though? It was like forty performances or something. Like, it was <laughs> I like, think so. It's like quite a respectable run. I'm like, I don't know if that's respectable. Uh, um, like carry the musical standards. But... Oh god, I can't even. <laughs> well, so the next day we see John, the lawyer, finally tell Tom that he can tell he's into Sam, the dancer, and he casually walks out in a breakup as boring as the man doing it. That's all. <laughs> well, the funny thing about this scene was, I feel like that exchange of dialogue is something that you like start a scene with. They're like sitting down presumably after one spent the night they're reading the newspaper and then they're having breakfast yeah and it was just like um i don't know i was just like there it is whatever maybe he was trying to stay in, in denial land but then we started talking about the knicks he was like oh something's up he's sucking god i hate the knicks i just love that actor that plays john the lawyer he has such a flat delivery for every single one of his lines and everything just sounds like this like it's all just very flat. Yeah. Like I remember he he says, what does he say to him? I was like, uh, because to my knowledge, you have no interest in sports whatsoever. Like it's just like everything is so flat. I'm like, what are you in? Uh, Where do you think you are? Yeah. Um do you think you are. Uh yeah, we then go to Julia's, who in an attempt to actually talk to Frank, who won't answer her phone calls, steals Leo's phone and asks him to meet her to talk. And then we check in with Ellis, who almost didn't do something awful for a whole episode, who surprises Eileen with a background check on the heart bartender. She claps back and tells him is that he is way out of line and instructs him to get rid of the information he dug up. Next day at rehearsal, while going through scene work, Karen appears as a Marilyn vision to Derek, inspiring him to fix a scene that she feels isn't working, which I guess we already touched on it. But this is like, I love to like, he like disassociates, and like gets like so haunted, is, haunted by is, Karen as well. Is Derek on prednisone now? Maybe. Like so he slips some from Ivy's. Ivy's just like crushing it up and slipping it in his water. <laughs> yeah, exactly. By hallucinations, uh, you would too. I'm like, was this supposed to make us as an audience be like, oh wow, she really could be Marilyn? Like, is this supposed to be good? Well, it failed. It failed. <laughs> is this working for anybody? Because he's like, he's like, <laughs> he's like gobsmacked by it. He's like, what? Oh yeah, he's like, oh. oh, oh. You have to move on stage. <laughs> Can't believe it. I was right. That's oh something my- Joe would say. 
also I also thought it was really <laughs> when Ivy tells her that you know she needs to stand up for herself. I don't think she should say something like "your blocking sucks." Yeah. I was just you should say that to the director, Iowa. You're blocking know. stupid. You're blocking dumb. It's done like a hot dog with no bun. Uh, <laughs> oh, I couldn't do it. Uh, yeah, I just, nine I, minutes, ladies and gentlemen. Nine minutes. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I just this this because she appears as a Maryland Vision again later in the season, and I feel like every time they show her as the Maryland Vision, it's never anything that makes me. <laughs> it never switches me to Team Karen. That's all I'll say. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I concur with that. Yeah. Uh, well, ooh, this this scene was very toasty. Later that night, Karen gets a visit from Derek, who lets her know that Rebecca will be arriving the next day, and that her time as understudy is over. He also gives a sort of apology for sexually harassing her in the first episode. What a coincidence! Yeah, he. So then, we were just talking about it. We were just talking about that. Um. Yeah, because I mean, what do what do you think of this apology, quote unquote? I um feel like this is sort of the first uh, seeds of them trying to establish Karen and Derek as like this creative team almost because that we yeah. see a lot more in season two, which I never bought. Oh um, God, yeah. but it's um i don't know it was i think the apology is good for his character so he's not so one note but i feel like it is totally in service to uh you know the other plot line of dev also finding out about it like i don't think not like a coincidence and we we never see him struggling with the fact that he sexually harassed the woman the, yeah because she's not doing that well in the show no. uh, like he's i don't know also the thing that's weird about the scene is she answers the door in her lingerie but why would dev be knocking on the door when he yeah. he lives there he has a key yeah. he has a key so to the delivery man well i think she does i think she doesn't she say like oh did you forget your key i guess i I guess maybe i don't know it seemed a little a little a little heavy-handed um but then uh derek leaves and then runs into dev out in the street and they get into a kerfuffle a fight if you will (laughs) i love the Uh, word kerfuffle 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 Kerfuffle. then karen tells derek to leave and karen and dev get into it uh, which pretty much leads to like them. It's like a weird. It's a weird fight because there's no like. There's no way to like win this fight without one of them relinquishing power, because mm-hmm. she's like, "You can't ask me to leave Broadway. Uh, it's my dream." And he's like, well, "What if there was a job that was my dream that would take us?" He's like, "Ooh, uh, I wouldn't ask you to do that." He's like, "Would you ask me to?" I'm like, ah, <laughs> that's really that's like the shittiest thing you can ask somebody. It was like, hi, you're finally making headway in a in your in your lifelong passion. Will you give that up for me just so you don't aren't around another British person who has a history of sexually harassing people? Yeah. Um and I just feel like this is probably a lot more common than people realize. Like a lot of people that work in the theater 
kind of inadvertently end up in long distance relationships because if their partner needs to leave the city like it's like well <laughs> guess we'll figure this out because like i don't know dc from new york how long is that is that like how long yeah it's not that far right like, that's, that's, that's cute, let's do some let's do some some mayor mayor of east town style sleuthing that's all she did she well, the, some daughters daughters <laughs> Um, it's just a three-hour. <laughs> it's a three-hour train ride. One scene of her just on her phone googling how to solve a murder. How to solve a murder? <laughs> who did it? Who done who did it? it? Who did it? Who, who did her? Was it the daughter? <laughs> <laughs> the daughter. The daughter. Oh man. Oh um, my gosh. Yeah, if you haven't watched Mary Town, let's tell ya. It's really good. Um, did we have it? Did we have a, a timeline on the on the travel? Oh yeah, if you did a train, it would be three hours from oh. DC, New York. That's not then what the fuck on on the train. Um, if, just so you know, if everyone wants to know, it would take eighty four hours to walk. Okay, thanks Google. She, and there, like, I don't know if she would walk. I don't know if she has the, um, the strength for that. I missed the train. Oh good. What? Oh good. Yeah. Well, that so that's actually. I it's mean, it would be, yeah, like, it would be tough, but, like, I don't know. Even if he, like, got a place in D.C., but, like, came back to this, I don't know. Like, I just feel like that's, that's not impossible. That's that's not that much longer. Um, no, I, just, I know, Grant, I just Googled Connecticut to New York. I mean, there were people who did that, like, in oh, sure. the, the 50s. Who, who close. That's just, just <laughs> that's just my, that's my car. By train, it's actually longer. It's four hours. So imagine... I always automatically think of uh, Leonardo DiCaprio and Revolutionary Road. Another cable was like, um, yeah, they were like traveling from like wherever the hell to New York. Yeah, that was like very normal. Oh, yeah, so it's a very loose. It's a loose problem. Um, we oh, so then across town at the Bushwhack, Eileen meets with her annoying investors to fill them in on breaking news uh, with the show and Rebecca, which leads us into our next clip. Oh my goodness. God, I hate them so much. Oh, they're they're the worst. Like they just despite the fact that they're very they're all incredibly successful Broadway producers. When I found that out, I actually felt a little bad that I had such a reaction to them. Ugh. Well, I guess actually I, I kind of liked knowing that they were producers in real life because I also thought like these actors are like not that good. <laughs> like they're just playing the surface of everything. Like, my God. I'll find out what the what the other guy produced. As we, as we listen to this clip. <gasps> the Cuban assistant crisis has been averted. Rebecca will be at rehearsal tomorrow afternoon. I'll be there. I still want to meet with her privately and see the designs. Oh, Robin, I just don't think that's going to happen. Now, wait a minute. I'd like to introduce you to Bombshell's latest investor, Mr. Randy Cobra. What's up? Ellis, I think you have something to give to these people. Your contracts. Well, what are we supposed to do with these? Nothing. Hey, give it to me. Thanks. Okay, I'm not following you. What the lady is saying is that my man is in, and you're out. They are lighting the scripts on fire. Or the contracts on fire. And then they're going to break In a bar. In a bar. In a bar. Up to fire code. (laughs) 
I just love. It. I, just, I had to include an Eileen clip. I just can't. I can't do it. Angelica Houston. I again. I think she is the only actor on the show that I buy in every scene she's in on the Sam show. I don't know if you noticed that I changed my Twitter cover head, my header cover. I can't fucking talk. So was that daughter? My header cover photo murdered. My curver, my curver, curder. Um, my curver, curder. <laughs> my curver, curder. Um, to, to um, to Eileen with the orange gun in the game. <laughs> I changed my cover photo too. Um, this so time the man, it's my turn. <laughs> my turn. <laughs> um, the man producer. Um, has had a who had a professional relationship with Neil Simon for oh. years. Um, he produced such things as um, Rent, oh, okay, What's the Wiz, Ain't Misbehaving, Shit, Moving Out, uh, Boz Lerman's Labo uh, Can you imagine them walking up to these producers? I mean, this was produced in what 2011, 2012, yeah. So she had just produced Avenue Q and he has all those insane credits. Um, I, I should look up what else she did, but I, I didn't, unfortunately. Imagine being like, you want to be on TV? You want to be an actor? <laughs> an actor? It's just like, okay. Just a little nook and cranny that smashes cutting corners on. She and- has like uh, the, the female producer whose name I've already forgotten. Um, she has like one line reading that I, I love just because it's so like flat where like like I don't think that's going to be happening and then she's like well wait a minute <laughs> well, wait a minute why? <laughs> it's like so flat it's like well hey wait a minute oh she also fucking produced In the Heights Damn. Uh, West Side Story, Avenue Q Alter Boys, uh, remember Metamorphosis <laughs> The Play with a Fool yeah uh, <laughs> Oh god! I was like such a very indignant little theater homosexual when I was in New York and I didn't know Metamorphosis clothes. And I was like, I don't want to see anything now. Metamorphosis is over. Oh my god! Well, uh, the episode closes with a montage set to Karen singing "Never Give All the Heart." We see Julia waiting for Frank, Karen, and Dove still at odds. Tom seemingly upset over his boring breakup, I, I, I guess, and Eileen finally making up with the heart bartender. The end of the song sees Rebecca Duvall, aka Uma Thurman, finally walking into the rehearsal space and asking if she's in the right place. And all I can say is, "Girl, we've been waiting for you." Like, can you like? get in here I'm like oh thank god you're here <laughs> thank god you're here we can do new things now that's <laughs> just like new blood it's like oh thank god a new person <laughs> a new diva also not to be rude and this is a, a, a i think also something makes uma thurman so perfect for this and it makes it so interesting but she takes off her sunglasses and i'm like you look nothing like Marilyn Monroe. <laughs> like, like, no. you, like nothing like Marilyn Monroe. And like, not to be rude, she's a stunning woman, but she does not look age appropriate to be playing Marilyn Monroe. You know? No, I think they actually bring that up. I think it's yeah. in the episode where they oh, talk. They think, isn't she a little old? old. They're like, no, um, she's perfect. She, um, there's only one moment in the whole series where I ever thought she actually looked slightly like Marilyn Monroe. Yeah. And I feel like it's when she comes out to sing Happy Birthday. Happy Birthday. Birthday. 
Like my voice teacher from college is having a stroke even just thinking about Happy it. Happy birthday, Mister Director. <laughs> yeah, she's that. also just like. I also sort of love in the sort of opening shot of her walking through. Um, I don't know if this is on purpose or not, but you know Uma Thurman. She's a very tall woman. Yes. Um, she's like five eleven. I think yeah. she's like she's almost six feet tall. And the sort of way that they shoot Uma Thurman walking through the hallway. This is walking with my hand um, towards the rehearsal space, and you yeah. see Ivy. Ivy looks like a fucking like soaked to the bone cat just waiting like oh you can't get my part oh my God. i sort of loved that choice i thought that was wonderful. oh i love it let's, let's, I'm, let's, let's watch. I'm on the big silver screen i'm a movie star i just got in from cuba <laughs> what? yeah what? and that well that's the episode uh next week we get into full uma thurman shenanigans which i'm very excited about um, but this brings us to the Maryland leaderboard where every week uh, me or the guests can give points on the Maryland leaderboard to Karen or Ivy to see who is the definitive Maryland at the end of the season. Are there any points you want to give out to Ivy or Karen? No, I have a question about that. Sure. Your leaderboard. Do you think you should start giving points to Uma Thurman? No. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, what's that? Don't make this work out again. I don't think anyone's ever been like, who's the definitive Maryland? Karen, <laughs> Ivy, or, or... Rebecca? <laughs> you don't think any... um, okay. Just I think just anyone who saw there. the previous episode <laughs> didn't exactly have an <laughs> argument. <laughs> um, let's see. Karen, Karen or Ivy. It's really hard for me to give points to Karen for anything. Um <laughs> I would maybe give her a point just for being uh, so doe-eyed stupid. Oh, okay. <laughs> and, <I'm, laughs> and I would also... <laughs> Sorry, Marilyn. <laughs> um, well, I mean, that's like the public persona of her. She's the dumb blonde. I was saying Marilyn. Yeah. Um, well, isn't today Marilyn Monroe's birthday, too? Oh, I don't know. I think it is. I didn't know that. Let me, let me, um, I think I saw many a homosexual. I might be totally wrong. I'm looking at it right now. Um, I think maybe on sort of the opposite end of the spectrum, if I give, yeah, today's Marilyn. Oh, wow. Okay. And she. <laughs> okay. Happy birthday, Marilyn. Happy birthday, Marilyn. Uh, she was five foot five, and Uma Thurman was 5'11, so she gave her five oranges. Um, I would give her, fine, I'll give them each a point, one for Karen for being really dumb, and one for Ivy for um, being super manipulative because uh, Marilyn was a lot smarter than people gave her credit for. Yeah. And I think Ivy's being smart, so I'll give her a point for that. But in being big. I'm only going to give a point to Ivy only because I think that when, even though the number is stupid, but when she's doing Breakaway <laughs> and she gets into the the wig and everything, she does look a lot Geesh. like Marilyn. So I'm like getting her a point for that. I will not I like give the, Karen any points. I like the part where she uh, she's getting dressed and it's sort of like borderline gratuitous when she like puts on the dress and she like feels her body. She's like, get oh, it. I like, her. I'm getting into my into my comfort zone. I got my lingerie on. Uh, and I, uh, man, she looks so much like Marilyn Monroe. Oh no, it's like it's so stupid that this is even a a, a thing. It's like <laughs> you want a prime example of 
like at this point they can have Marilyn Monroe rise from the dead and, be like, and they could be like I want if you, they're like these are your two options Marilyn and she was just like oh I'm so conflicted that would never happen I don't know what to do someone give me a hot dog <laughs> Ken's like wait you like hot dogs I love hot dogs oh my god excuse me <laughs> Marilyn Monroe hot dogs so what are you what are you looking at what are you trying to find uh, that's a very good question. I might not want to. <laughs> um, there is a picture of her eating a hot dog. I'm sure there is. So well, there's this... like, um... <laughs> but also, anytime we joke about her saying hot dogs, it reminds me of the baseball number where Megan. Oh, yeah. Hot dogs! Cracky <laughs> Jacks! I don't care, I don't care if I ever get back. Like dicks in my face, get it? Wow! <laughs> they're bats or they're penises. <laughs> yeah very oh well <laughs> uh this then leads to now my karen moment of the week which is just a moment where karen in the episode made my eyes roll and this week it's just aaron not aaron aaron it's karen <laughs> karen not knowing basic um stage directions way back to the greeks no 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 downstage karen downstage, downstage what <laughs> How did she? That should be. They should kick her out right there. Out, you're out. Also, I love we like. Could could you write that down if you can spell downstage? Like, like, why don't you just just hit her? Just fucking hit her! Like Jesus Christ! I I just want Ivy in the corner, like in a hoodie, like she doesn't even go here. (laughs) Just like peeking around the corner. She's gonna say your mom as a man. (laughs) Oh God. Yeah, well, that brings us to the episode. Any final thoughts? Thank God Uma Thurman's here. Oh, I know. My God. I, I love Uma Thurman. Oh, I do too. Like, legitimately, unironically, I saw um, that movie called um, my, I saw My Super Ex-Girlfriend in a theater. It's good. In a theater. It's good. I like her in all sorts of stuff. I like her in, I even like her in that Meryl Streep movie, Prime. I knew you were going to bring that up. I like Prime. I, knew, I do too. I like, although I do think the uh, the trailer gives away everything. Oh, no, it absolutely does. Yeah. But I also, oh my God, I was obsessed with her in um, Nymphomaniac Part One, when she just has that. Oh, my God. Fucking fuck. That whole like scene where it's just like her. What like, did she say, like, Here's where, your, here's where your, your father sleeps with his whore. It's just like showing the kids around her apartment. Like, oh god, that's oh. insanity. insanity. I saw, I saw that movie in a theater with. There was always one straight guy friend that I brought him to the weirdest stuff, sort of on purpose, but he was also just the only person willing to go. Yeah. To I took him to go see Stranger by the Lake. He, Ooh. I gave him a brief description. It was this really awesome art house theater in Pittsburgh that I think actually closed down because of stuff. Oh, no. It was called the Harris Theater. It was downtown, a one-screen theater, but I love that theater because it had a balcony. Um, This tiny little balcony, I loved it. But I saw the weirdest movies there, and I remember I took him to go see Nymphomaniac, and we were sitting in the balcony, and at one point, near the Uma Thurman scene, he actually was like, what the fuck did you bring? And then I never thought, I was like, okay, maybe I should invite Shane to come see movies with me again. And then like, he came, because we ended up working together at our same day job. And he, sure. I remember coming over to me. He was like, oh my God, there's a part two. Do you want to Do you want to go? We can go see it. And I was like, oh, you stupid straight bastard. There's a sequel. 
There's a sequel. That movie, Nymphomaniac, is an insane movie. It's like, it's every stereotype of like art house cinema <laughs> in one place. I think that's one of the reasons why. Um, I'm not even sure if I like Lars von Trier movies. Sure, same. But I saw the I saw um, Antichrist in the same theater, oh, and I've seen Antichrist where there's the basically giant yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, prologue and a different friend that came to see it with. He was like, "Oh, it's one of those movies." <laughs> I've actually never seen all of Antichrist. You're fine. I don't, oh yeah, I'm not in a rush. <laughs> like he also made that. The- the serial killer you know, the, movie he made. I also don't. I'm not I never saw that. I don't want to see it. Everyone's like, "It's awful." So automatically, I was like, "Let's see." It. People were like, "It's awful," and they were saying like, "It's the most graphic violence." I'm like, "Okay, I have no desire to see this." If it was if only if they were like, "Oh, it's a masterpiece," but it's very violent. I'd be like, oh, "Let me check it out." Yeah. But like, I think the last one I enjoyed was Melancholia. But even that's like, did I enjoy Melancholia? I think I liked Melancholia at least enough because it had like a weird, like almost like darkly comedic like camp element to it sometimes, mm-hmm. or at least for me. <laughs> there were moments where I'm like, "This is camp." Where it was also that's the sort of uh, example about how. Um, like I remember bitching about uh, Zack Snyder because of all of the slow motion in it, and I sort of <laughs> yeah. to, like sit Zack Snyder down and like show him a reel of like Kirsten Dunst falling really slowly. I was like, "This is the slow motion we want." This is the slow motion. I just God. remember. I remember. <laughs> to go a quick tangent about melancholia but I remember when they were at dinner and I remember like laughing in the theater and it was like not a moment anyone else was laughing and I was like okay I should have watched this at home but she's like <laughs> finally comes down for dinner and they're like yeah she's like so depressed and she has like a, a, a bite of food she's like it tastes like ashes <laughs> and she starts crying <laughs> and I was like I can't oh this god is, this is camp but I can't even where's, where's the justice for Kristen Dunst no get her an Oscar down it might happen this year I mean and Miss Jane Campion I mean I would be down for it uh, well Joey thank you so much for joining <laughs> me again for a Smash Recaps yeah I feel like I'm gonna start to uh annoy you at this point like when are we doing smash again you'll be back like i think we all know that um yeah i i I could talk about this all the live long day so thank you for asking me to come back yeah do you want the listeners to know where they can find you online if they haven't already memorized it by this point oh god um i would not assume that anybody would but if anybody wants to follow me on twitter instagram it's at joey moser 83 Go follow him. Go all sorts of fun stuff. All sorts of like fun little fun little jokes. Especially Twitter. Your Twitter stuff is good. I'm just. I was actually going through my Twitter stuff earlier to find a post. And I was like, oh, a lot of my Twitter stuff is just different. The same thing rephrased eighty seven thousand times. Well, I repeat myself, so it's by a highlight. I do too. So I'm just like, I just say the same thing over and over. Yeah. Uh, well, if you want to follow me, you can follow me at ZachRiffNoH on Instagram and Twitter, and you can follow the show at IAW Podcast on Instagram and Twitter. So until next week, this has been another TV Tuesdays. <laughs>